You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Monday, Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show. Welcome to the Monday after Week 17. A reminder before we keep going that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is the SB Nation NFL Show where we love the NFL and the NFL is the proverbial gift that keeps on giving. We want to wish you all a very happy new year. We have a lot to get into. I say we, the fantastic Rachelle Prevet, as always, is on the ones and twos. I am RG Ochoa, and my co-pilot, we are basically uh, the reincarnated version of Top Gun. I know they had the new movie this past summer, but we're the main show. It is Pete Sweeney from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride. Pete, do you have a, um, a flight suit? Have you ever worn one for a Halloween? No, but what I did have at the end of the summer was a, a mustache, which I, I felt... Mm was a good look for a little bit and then you know once the season started i figured you know we should we should go with the regular beer right mm-hmm. right you ever uh you have some aviators maybe that you wear like do you ever do that or yeah i got some aviators that i i wear maybe do that just depends on on the day i i feel like maybe the top gun thing is more of a late october you know this is mm-hmm. a, a time for resolutions it's time to be resolute happy 2023 to you another year of monday resolute Football monday desk uh, was an integral part in finding um, the Declaration of Independence map or whatever it was, the treasure um, the Nicolas Cage was looking for. Remember that? Right. The Resolute Desk? There are two mm-hmm. of them. So you yeah. have one, I have one in a there metaphorical was a, sense, of course. The core part of that movie was there's a treasure map on the back of the, the Declaration of Independence. Right. Right. Uh, Good call there. Uh, The Declaration of Independence was written a very, very long time ago. Uh, I believe Tom Brady's rookie year in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, NFC South champions after their big win on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Joining us here now on the SB Nation NFL show to talk about the back-to-back NFC South champions is James Yarko from Bucks Nation. James, thank you so much for joining us here. Congratulations to the Bucks. Uh, good times, even though, uh, it felt like it wasn't going to happen. I, I didn't re- ask you before we started uh, an Illinois guy. So you must've loved the lovey Smith era. Oh yeah. Lovey Smith. <laughs> uh, I, I believe after Illinois hired lovey Smith, I texted my dad to let him know. And he responded with, haven't we suffered enough? So <laughs> yeah. Uh, only lovey Smith could take a top five passing defense in all of college football and move it into the bottom five in one year. So yeah. Uh, ex- excited that Illinois is finally playing in a legit bowl game for the first time. And I can't remember how long. So, but the, the yes, Tom Brady's signature is on the, the declaration of independence. And, and now <laughs> 
you talk about a roller coaster, right? I mean, this is this entire season has been the definition of a roller coaster year for Buccaneers fans. And somehow, some way, they figure it out and they win back to back NFC South titles for the first time since the inception of the NFC South. Mm, that is, um, I mean, we're talking all the way since 2002, and it has been kind of a topsy turvy, obvious, you know, division. Um, Tom Brady's brought stability. The one, obviously, Super Bowl season was not even as the NFC South winner. I think that is kind of a, a forgotten detail there. Um, do you feel like the Bucs are now starting to find their form? Because this was a, a kind of low-key interesting game. The Panthers were up early. Um, I covered the Cowboys here at SB Nation, so we obviously had our eyes very focused on this and, and obviously might have them even more focused in the coming weeks. Um, but but do you feel like the Bucs are finding their form? Is this the best that they have looked all season? Because this was a Mike Evans explosion that we've kind of grown accustomed to yeah i i don't know if this is the best they've looked all season just because of how bad the run game still was in this game but you you take a look at what they were finally able to do and that of course was to get the tom brady mike evans connection back up and running and they did it in a huge way mike evans ends up just two yards short of matching his career high which he said as a rookie against the cleveland browns when it was mike evans versus johnny manzel um but you take a look at what they were able to do offensively. Tom Brady uh, completes 75% of his passes, throws for over 400. This is the first time they put up 30 or more points since their loss to the Chiefs back in week four, which ironically enough was the last time Mike Evans had scored a touchdown before his hat trick. The big thing to, to look at with this Buccaneers offense is we've known they've had the skill and the players to accomplish this kind of vertical assault offense. They've done it the last two years. They brought in Russell Gage. They brought in Julio Jones. Now you're you're one week away from potentially getting Ryan Jensen back at center, and that changes everything, literally everything for this offense. The running lanes get a little bit wider. Tom Brady isn't having to get the ball out of his hands in two seconds because the pressure is coming up the middle. And, and nothing against Robert Hainsey. He has stepped in and played very, very well for someone who had never played center in his life. He was a guard at Notre Dame. He was a, a, a guard and a tackle when he was in high school. Has never played center until the Buccaneers drafted him and said, oh, by the way, we're going to convert you to a center now. So all of a sudden, Ryan Jensen unlocks the half of the playbook that Byron Leftwich said that they haven't even touched into because they just haven't had the confidence to be able to do so. The other question is, once, once Ryan Jensen comes back, what do you do at left guard? Obviously, you had Ali Marpet retire. Then you have Aaron Stinney go down, and, and that's a huge loss. So you start with the rookie, Luke Gedeke. He struggles. Now Nick Leverett has played really, really well. Does he stay there or... Do you slide Robert Hainsey over to his original position and really fortify that offensive line? As soon as that happens, this, this offense is going to look completely different from what we've seen all year long. Good to hear that the offensive line is getting shored up ahead of this Buccaneers Cowboys game, because you know, when the Cowboys are down, that, that makes me happy. RJ, not so much. I want to touch upon the running game here, as you mentioned. Leonard Fournette, 10 carries for 28 yards in this game. Rashad White, 11 carries for 22 yards. The output's not great. Is it simply the offensive line, or is it a case where you like one running back more than another? I think both running backs really have their advantages, but Rashad White throughout the season has looked a little more decisive, a little more explosive, a little more patient at times. 
but both guys are threats in the run game. Both guys are threats in the passing game and both guys can pick up blitzes. So you really don't telegraph what you're doing offensively based on what running back is in the game. I think it was a matter of the Panthers were going to make sure that they turned the Bucs into a one-dimensional team by stopping Rashad White, by stopping Leonard right. Fournette, who had a great game on Christmas Day against the Arizona Cardinals, both rushing and receiving. And in doing so, they kind of unlocked Brady to Evans, and, and I don't think that was their intent. But they, you know, the Bucs have struggled throughout the year. They've had spurts. They've had moments. RJ, I know you remember how well Leonard Fournette did against the Cowboys in week one. So again, it goes with the roller coaster motif, right? It's been up and down. There have been great flashes. There have been terrible moments. And it's it just hasn't been their year in the run game. I think a lot of that can be attributed to kind of the constant rotation at, at offensive line. You've had injuries to Donovan Smith. You've had injuries to Tristan Wurst. You've had injuries along the interior. Um, so all of that kind of plays a part in, in what's been going on. And I think one of the other big problems that not a lot of people talk about is the predictability of running the ball. It seems like 80% of the time, Byron Leftwich is going to run the ball on first and 10. And, and teams are stacking the box. And taking that away and Byron hasn't really adjusted to that you know Tom Brady's one of the best play action quarterbacks in the National Football League when teams are expecting a run every first down that's when you can run that play action and you can find Mike Evans deep you can find Chris Godwin crossing over the middle you can find Julio for a big gain who you know he's played well the last couple of weeks as well you know bouncing back from that injury but again Ryan Jensen comes back and and all bets are off James, so the Bucks now in a really interesting situation, and particularly because the Eagles lost um, on Sunday afternoon. Now, every single team in the NFC playoff picture that's a division leader or going to win their division has something to play for to some degree. Obviously, some things are more likely, some things are not. Uh, the New York Giants are locked into the second wild card spot. Uh, they're the only other team in the same boat that the Bucks are in. The Bucks have nothing to play for, can't gain anything, can't lose anything. They will be the four seed. They will host the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles, whoever does not win the NFC East. So do you think, what, what is your initial assessment? Will the Bucks play for anything in Atlanta on Sunday? Will they call off the dogs? Will Tom Brady play? What, what is your general kind of um, outlook right now? I think at, at worst, and I, I say that for lack of a better term, you're looking at the Bucks starters probably playing the first half. You don't want to have an explosion on offense. You don't want to have a connection like you had with Brady and Evans in this game. Chris Godwin, his game is completely overshadowed. He had a season high in receiving yards with 120, nine catches on nine targets. He had a great game. You don't want to come off of that kind of performance and immediately bench all the guys that did that, right? You're, you're going to kind of stall what they have going. So I think the Bucs could play, you know, the starters could play the first half, regardless of what the situation is. You could see guys start to come out of the game. You pull Brady. You you could even pull uh, Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith, who have been battling through injuries. You can pull Mike. You can pull Chris. But the other thing is, is do you really want to limp into the playoffs at eight and nine? You're, you're going to get Carlton Davis back. You're going to get Ryan Jensen back. You're going to get Carl Nassib back, which is going to be a huge boost for the defense. But you really want to go into to a home playoff game against you know the the Cowboys or the Eagles 
at eight and nine off of a loss to the Atlanta Falcons? Probably not. But conventional wisdom would tell you, yeah, you also don't want to risk Tom Brady going down or Mike Evans getting injured or, or anything like that. We'll certainly see about the Philadelphia Eagles. They have the New York Giants in that final game. And as RJ said, the Giants are locked in. It's always wondering what teams are going to do. You have some teams that will rest. And then you have others like the Jaguars. Nothing to play for yesterday, but they were playing everybody. So we'll see. When it comes to the pulse of the, the Bucks fan base, who do you think the Buccaneers fans would like to see the team play, Cowboys or Eagles, and, and why? I would. I actually spoke about this on another show yesterday. I think Bucks fans would take a look at the two matchups and would prefer the Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys mm -hmm. defense is absolutely fantastic. You can't take anything away from them. But you you take a look at what Carlton Davis has done the last couple of weeks before missing the Panthers game with an injury. Absolutely phenomenal job against Jamar Chase. Absolutely phenomenal job against DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he can do the exact same thing to C.D. Lamb. And, and you take a look at what Philadelphia can do. And one of the, the biggest issues that the Bucs have is trying to contain a mobile quarterback. We saw Patrick Mahomes in week four be able to extend plays with his legs. We saw Lamar Jackson get the Baltimore Ravens rolling in the second half of that game and come from behind and beat the Buccaneers on Thursday night football. The Bucs have problems with mobile quarterbacks. Dak is not Jalen Hurts when it comes to that mobility. So I think overall the Bucs match up better against the Cowboys. And that's that's probably going to be the preferred matchup. If the Bucs were to go on to win and Tom Brady maintains his undefeated record against the Dallas Cowboys, you may run into the Philadelphia Eagles anyway, but you cross that bridge when you get to it. But overall, the, the Cowboys are a better matchup for what the Bucs can do and what they can stop. 7-0 against the Dallas Cowboys, Tom Brady is, and 2-0 as a member of the Bucks. Dak Prescott famously told Brady after last year's season opener, I'm sure you remember, oh, yeah. uh, that they would see them again. Um, that didn't happen a year ago, and, and they did meet in the season opener this year, but kind of a flat game that the Bucks want. We'll see. James, maybe you and I will be talking uh, in a week's time on Twitter at jyarko underscore Bucks. That's Yarko, C-H. Nobody get it wrong uh, from Bucks Nation. James, thank you so much for, uh, for excuse me, for joining us today. Enjoy the week. Uh, kind of a, a more chill operation before it gets all tense and stressful next week. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. And RJ, I'm sure we'll be speaking real soon. We'll see about that. But uh, go Giants is all I have to say. Thank you, James. Have a great day. Happy New Year to you and yours. Pete Tweeney, uh, kind of a crazy Sunday across the NFL. Crazy. Now, yeah. Crazy. Couple, just couple just couple on the end. You know just what I mean? To, it's, it's, oh, yeah. Crazy. Like you, you do this the, is crazy. Yeah. Uh, really excited text that might, you might send for, for example. Um, so just to set the stage for like kind of how my mind was mm. approaching this, th this was a great day. Uh, you've experienced this where you get your game done, you do your work on Thursday. I'm going to sit back, relax. I'm going to enjoy Sunday. Scott Hansen, you and me, seven hours, commercial free football. Let's do this dance together. They, and I'm, they, think, I'm thinking. They gifted me that last night, actually. But go ahead. Right, right, for next week, for week 18. Well, you know, not not quite as cool because it's week 18, and, and a lot of these games are going to be kind of flat like you talked about. But um, so I'm thinking the whole time, like, Scott, move here. Come on. Like, I'm, I'm like, barking at Scott. Like, we got to go here, Scott. Come on. Let's go yeah. to this game, whatever. Uh, but. You know, we uh, at Blogging the Boys spent all of Friday talking every Cowboys fan down. I can't believe we only beat the Titans 27 to 13. I can't believe that we we just barely crushed this team. We were favored on the road by 13 and a half. We covered. We really stink out loud. Lo and behold, 
Sunday comes around the NFL, a lot of Cowboys fans, hey, maybe it's kind of hard to beat some teams. Maybe it's not easy to blow a team out 50 to nothing. Maybe Patrick Mahomes has muddied the water and made everybody believe that being great and elite is this normal sort of thing, even though Patrick Mahomes himself struggled on Sunday afternoon. Pete Tweeney, are you ready to fly through everything that we saw? We normally go very long, so we should try to, you know, kind of kick this up a notch. Yeah, let's let's try to kick this up a notch and and go a little faster today. Well, how about we try right. to do that? Can I get a vroom vroom? Ah, nice. All right, let's start uh, with the most seismic uh, thing that happened. The Philadelphia Eagles, mm. back-to-back weeks, have had an opportunity to clinch not only the NFC East, but the number one seed in the NFC. And for the second straight week, they have failed to do so. The New Orleans Saints outlasting them 20-10 to 10 just a few hours before their season ultimately ended. When the Saints won this game, they were still a relevant team as far as the playoff mix was concerned. Their first-round picnics, or this, this year now that we're in 2023, does belong to the Eagles. But on Sunday, everything belonged to the Saints. Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton were dotting up that Philly secondary early yeah. on. Gardner Minshew did not have the same success that he did on Christmas Eve against the Cowboys. He had the big touchdown to A.J. Brown that kind of kept things close, but ultimately it was all Saints, and now everybody's concerned about this Eagles loss. This opened the door for the Niners. Uh, well, not the Vikings. We'll get there. For the Cowboys, certainly, and maybe for the Bucks to have a different opportunity uh, a week from now as we discuss with James. Yeah, it, it, it has made week what is week 18 a little bit more interesting and i think the takeaway here is is definitely on the eagle side right the saints are looking toward next year we'll see what ends up happening with them but this is a saints team that has really nothing going on nothing to play for the eagles have a lot to play for where they can have some comfort here in the final week and they've now given that away the saints were 7 of 16 on third down they were able to get 313 net yards you mentioned them uh, no points at, in the second half going going at the 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 Eagles secondary, they did get their final. Oh, touchdown. Wait, I'm wrong. Sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. They did get, no, they did get their final okay. touchdown on an interception return. Right. So that's what you're referring to. Um, what I, what I would say is I, I think what we've seen with the Eagles now, and they're going to get Jalen hurts back and that changes the game. Certainly it's such an upgrade over Gardner Minshew and MVP candidate. But I think what you're seeing right now is just a question mark, a question mark about the Philadelphia Eagles. And really, I think the NFC, as a whole, I look at the NFC playoff picture, and that is going to be what this podcast is about as we talk about these games. And you have the Eagles, the 49ers, the Vikings, the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Giants, and then let's one of three Seahawks, prob- Lions, probably Packers. the Packers. And I just look at that group of seven, and I would not, even if it's you want to sell me the Giants right now with the way they're playing all of a sudden. I'm not going I, to do that. I wouldn't be stunned if any of these teams win the NFC side of the tournament. Like, I, I think the AFC is a three-team race. I would be really shocked if it wasn't Cincinnati, Kansas City, or Buffalo. Whereas the NFC... the Chargers there. Like, let me call, call it a four-team race. Mm. Whereas the <laughs> NFC, to me, is just wide open, especially with how the Philadelphia Eagles have not regressed. We were worried about this. We were like, is Philadelphia peaking too early? Because they look like the best team in the world. What, around week six, week seven. And you're seeing some problems there and wondering about Jalen Hurts' health and they desperately, desperately need him to be playing. And now you have a scenario where they might not even be in the one seat after it was, it'll kind of look like it was going to be wire to wire. So it's going to make for a more exciting NFC tournament. And I, I really, truly think it's just anyone's game. 
it's an unfortunate first of all actually um if you're going to include the giants as like a team that can come out of the nfc then you definitely have to include the chargers as a team that can, can come out of the afc but that's a different point anyway um it's unfortunate to say this but it's just the reality of the nfl that injuries are a part of the season right like every team generally speaking has to deal with some sort of injuries and the bug has come for the eagles over the course of the last few weeks obviously jalen hurts missing the last two games is a massive factor in what has happened against the cowboys the eagles lost lane johnson and him missing this game was a big old deal i don't know their record off the top of my head i know rachel and everybody at bgn covered it but they are awful without him he is the true jenga piece the non-quarterback one of that team as, as dave damashek likes to refer to them josh sweat left this game very early on was carted off with a neck injury uh he did have all mobility in his limbs he tweeted after that he would be back this season obviously uh, that's a bit vague. That can mean next week. That can mean the playoffs or whatever the case may be. A divisional round if they pick up the bye. Uh, Avante Maddox was injured against the Cowboys. Like, it is hard. It is hard to come back and deal with all these things. And we don't know the situation with Jalen Hurts as far as, like, how ready he is. Is he 100%? Is he 91%? Um, I believe he did not take any first-team reps last week. And we don't know what the Eagles would have done had they clinched against Dallas or had they clinched against New Orleans. Would they have played Jalen Hurts? Either way, they're now in a position where they have to. They have to play him now because there's too much on the line. You go from the one seed to the five seed if things ultimately don't go your way. Um, it, it's the cost of, you know, we sit here and we talk about like, Sometimes fans get a little bit, and I know you've experienced this because of all the success that Kansas City has had. Like, even when there's something on the line, people say, well, let's just, like, we can win anyway, right? Like, we, we, don't, we don't need to, like, play everybody. We should be able to win this. Let's just rest this. No, if you don't win one of these games, you leave something that has to be done, and anything can happen when something has to be done, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think what is really scary in the prospect of Philly right now is it it's a divisional game and it's a franchise and the Giants who really get a little bit of juice by that game before the playoffs. Everybody remembers when they didn't beat the New England Patriots, but they played them really tough in that final game. It's kind of an NFL legend at this stage where and it appears they're going to try to play these these starters and it's another division game. Like it's not a guarantee that the Eagles, because they have something to play for and the Giants don't just win that week 18 game it's likely let's let's be honest with sure here, well, let's but... let's spin into the giants like kind okay. of a natural segue so the giants uh because you know in the spirit of moving on quickly the giants blasted the colts 38 to 10 um on sunday afternoon great win i think this was the brian dable coach of the year like you could he's like hear the <laughs> like the lock closing you know what i mean throw away the key uh very very in, just an incredible daniel jones performance i had a 91 yards on the ground two rushing touchdowns much to my chagrin uh, going up against him in my fantasy title game four touchdowns all the way overall kind of a quiet game for Saquon Barkley a uh, huge game for the Giants defense although kind of a poor moment it seems from Kayvon Thibodeau uh, with Nick Foles lying on the ground um, obviously her and, and Thibodeau celebrating a lot of people upset that the Thibodeau is still celebrating on the sideline but we mentioned it they win they're in not only are they in they are entrenched they are the sixth seed in the NFC they will visit the three seed Right now, that would be the Minnesota Vikings in the wild card round of the playoffs. So they have nothing to play for. Next week's game is in Philly. You don't know, like you said, if they're going to feel uh, the urge to move, you know, in one way or the other. You talked about that was the week 17 game in 2007. Uh, the Giants hosted the Patriots. Uh, New England was 15-0 at the time. They did win to get to 16-0 and ultimately lost to the same team in the Super Bowl. Also lost, uh, people forget, that was the night that Tom Brady broke the then record for most touchdown passes in a regular season. And on the same play, Randy Moss broke the record for most receiving touchdowns, 50 for Brady, 23 for Moss. Uh, again, a lot has happened as far as passing records since then. But additionally, Pete, and again, you're a Giants guy. Shout out to the Sweeney family. Uh, two <laughs> years ago 
in 2020, the Giants beat the Cowboys in week 17 to get to six and 10 on the season. And they needed the Eagles to beat the then football team that you were all about right. that night on Sunday night football. And had Philly won, New York would have won the NFC East amazingly with a six and 10 record. But Doug Peterson very infamously called off the dogs. Uh, the Eagles backed off. Jalen Hurts was removed from the game uh, and obviously has gone on to become something incredible. And the football team won the division. And the Giants were very, very, very sore about that. It's dumb that they Joe were Judge. upset. Of, uh, yeah, they, it's dumb that they were upset about not winning the division at six and ten. Joe Judge was the coach. So, you know, different regime, but a lot of the same players. You do have to wonder if they want to spoil when, things for the Eagles now. When you're talking about the grand scheme of NFL and, and storylines, though, I think it is funny to recall that now that, that you brought it up where you did have Joe Judge. And, and that to me is what you remember about Joe Judge in New York is just being upset that another team right. didn't help him. Like that was the the moment that I think you think about the most. But Doug Peterson, essentially, after his days in Philly, and you know, he got to the promised land and, and then it kind of sputtered from there. He said, you know, he wanted to have uh, more control over his own team. And I'm paraphrasing here, in other words. And then you have him, as I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, you have him on on Sunday playing guys, even though they had nothing to play for. And so I think very clearly Doug Peterson did not want to call the code red, but ultimately did. Anyway, back right. to the, the New York Giants here. They needed this win. They needed this win. This and they was needed, a huge win. They needed to be as dominant as it was. It wasn't just one of these things where you're playing a lowly Colts team. You're clearly a better team than them. You have been all year and maybe yeah, you squeak by. 16 to 10 win or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you squeak by. No, it, it was this dominant performance. And these type of wins at the end of the year really, really give you, I think, belief in the playoffs. And I, I think that's all you need. And you, know, you talk about who they're matched up with at, at this stage of the game. It's the Minnesota Vikings who are the opposite of that. And I and they played them really tough a week ago. That was a, right. I thought that was a really kind of propelling moment for the Giants. Yeah. And I I just think it, in the playoffs, we, we always want to look at the, the body of work, right. And, and try to figure out who's the, the better team. And so now you have this Vikings giants matchup that we're looking at and you, you think, okay, well, the Vikings are clearly a better team than the giants. They were this year as a whole, but this is not how the playoffs work. It's who's playing the best football. Who's playing the hottest football. Who's, who's feeling like they're in rhythm the most at the right time. And, you know, as we'll talk about, I'm sure the Vikings were on the other side of this late in the year. And you got to be a little bit worried if you're Minnesota, because I think the Giants do have some juice. You know, you know I, I know that you want to say that the Giants don't have a chance in this tournament. I really think think they do. Daniel Jones impressed me yesterday. If Saquon is cooking, I feel like they can beat anyone. And, you know, you, you... He, he might be the one who gets rest next week. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. he's the one I think you have to be way more careful with mm -hmm. um, if, if you're Brian Dable. Um, Doing these, Alec, like the way that they use Daniel Jones sometimes, it's just... I, you know, that's how we should be used every week with these boots where he's running himself. Like, right. He's not this all-star passer. He's, he's just not. But I, I think when they start using him, like, in, again, Kansas City person who's been here forever now, <clears throat> this is how they, like, used Alex Smith. And this is what made Alex Smith someone that could win playoff games, right? right. It, it was using Jones like like they are. And then, again, well, not against the Colts, Alex Smith in the playoff Sa game. Right. Uh, Saquon <laughs> is, well, I didn't, just not. Didn't didn't work out scoring forty. Anyway, uh, the um, I I I think the Giants are on the right track here. I think they're entering the playoffs really hot, and I I will give Brian Dable to come up with the week because I do think he is going to manage to win Coach of the Year. And, and when you thought it might go to Mike McDaniel, that seems like it suddenly isn't happening. Oh, you, know, dude. you thought it it might go to um, Kyle Shanahan, but I think Dable edges him out just because of the complete turnaround of this thing. And I think. 
Nick Sirianni, um, if he still wants a chance at this thing, is going to have to lock up this number one seed against these Giants. So if the Giants have a chance to really, I think, lock it up for their head coach. The narrative of that is important, right? Like if the Giants, like Brian, Brian Dable did say after the game that he was going to play starters. Again, that's like an emotional thing. Like we got to see what the week has. But if if Saquon doesn't play, kind of like Mike Rabel and Derrick Henry last week on Thursday Night Football, then like it's kind of, you know, if the Eagles win the one seed, nobody cares. But like, I don't think that propels him. This is Brian Dable's coach of the year to lose. Um, I do want to say like on the subject of Dable, um, I'm I'm a fan of like aggressive mindsets in the NFL. I'm not a fan of like punting and playing for ties and things like that. But the tie that Brian Dable saved against Washington is critical here. I mean, if if I mean, and if they had won, obviously that would have worked out even greater. And so like everybody's urging them to try to win. But if they had lost that game to Washington, like they would not be in right now. I mean, that like playing for the tie was a, an essential part of this puzzle. I I hate. There's nothing. Well, there's there's worse takes that that bother me. But this is one of my biggest pet peeves. Is is the, like you don't play for the tie in overtime. I'm I'm with you. However, if it's either tie or lose, stop telling me that you should be going for a fourth down on your own 35. Right? Like it makes no sense to me. Like I, I just and you're seeing Washington did end up losing and was eliminated. But had they won yesterday, these ties would have kept the Giants and Washington in the dance. And the fact that we're in the middle of the season and you're like, oh, my God, he's he's punting with a minute left. Yes, because a tie is better than a loss. I, I'm I mean, not a fan of the go go win it at all costs. It, it worked out that they beat them two weeks later. The Giants did. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, it, like, like my point is, like, I will give Brian Dable the credit because he walked the walk. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there, yes. there was a necessary component to that. And I will give him full credit uh, for it. Good for the Giants. This is their first playoff appearance since 2016. The infamous boat photo finally no longer a thing. Good for Giants <laughs> fans. Like, you know, this is going to be a weird offseason for this team. Uh, but uh, it's, this is a, a really fun week for them. Please, please, Giants, beat the Eagles. All right, let's um, – you talked about them. The Minnesota Vikings are now kind of uh, the team with the least to play for. They do have something to play for this coming week in Week 18, but because they got waxed by the Green Bay Packers uh, at Lambeau Field, it was a wet field. Minnesota Vikings subreddit is all over the place on this. Mm-hmm. The Vikings now 12-4. and four. The Vikings would need the Eagles, the Niners, and the Cowboys to all lose in Week 18, and they would have to win uh, a game that they are barely favored over the Chicago Bears in uh, in Week 18 to take over the one seed themselves. But in all likelihood, the, the most probable matchup in the NFC is Vikings hosting the Giants um, next week in the wild card round. Um, yeah. And it's hard to, to not feel like the Vikings are – are fra- I, you and I have defended them a lot, but yesterday was a really, really, really poor showing. And guess who's back? Aaron Rodgers. I'm I'm keeping my confidence up in the in the Vikings. I, I just think they have too many pieces for them to to not at least win a game in the in the playoffs. I, I mean I I just talked about how the Giants can win. You know I would tend to think the Vikings would be able to handle the Giants as, if that who is who they get on Wild Card Weekend. I think where I'm struggling now is with Kirk Cousins and the Chiefs and Vikings were my preseason pick for the Super Bowl. So I'm hoping that uh, they can turn it around here. But I I look at Kirk Cousins and I. And they're they're not going to win the one seed. That is over with. I know that the, you know you just mentioned the the circumstances that would have to happen, and and it's it's like looking in yourself in the mirror and and saying, are you going to possibly get good Kirk for four games in a row? And it just seems impossible. I don't think you're going to get good Kirk, and that's what you need for them to go to the Super Bowl and potentially win it is good Kirk. And he's just not consistent enough. There's games where he plays really well, like he's a top ten quarterback, and there's games where 
you wonder if the Vikings should be looking elsewhere in, in the well, future. And, and there's times where like they underperform and it's not him, but because of like who he is, it just becomes this thing. But yesterday he was awful. Yes. I mean, I'm, like I'm talking about. Th- this was really, really, really bad. Um, you know, a weird kind of wrinkle to this game was Jair Alexander in the week leading up to it kind of called out Justin Jefferson. Right. And, like that's one of the things that like, Generally, when that happens, it's like, okay, bet. You know what I mean? And then the dude who was called out just, like, goes off. And then it's like, see how stupid it was for you to call me out? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. (laughs) Like, Justin Jefferson, five targets, one catch, 15 yards. Jair Alexander can can walk and talk pretty loudly today if he wants to. Well, the whole thing was he called the week one output a a fluke against the Packers. And usually that's... You're right. Sour grapes. Remember, if if you go back to week one, Jefferson had nine catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns. And as you were saying, at, this typically goes like, well, defender calls out, you know, position player X, skill position player X, and they just go crazy again. Uh, not the case. And I, I love I've said this a million times on this. I, I love when there's WWE in the NFL. I think it makes for the more exciting storylines and, and games. And there's extra attention on these matchups because of, of the chirping. And for Alexander to back it up, good for him. Not only did he back it up, he wore a big hat in the uh, post-game press conference. Uh, and I know that there's going to be a point where big hats get old. Uh, it's not there yet for it's me. It's coming very soon. It's yeah. not there yet for me because it's just – it's just so funny to me. Like Alexander, this is a, a moment that he earned, right? He he talked his s, he backed it up, and he's sort of bragging about it in the locker room. But the problem is he's got a gigantic hat on his head, <laughs> so you just can't help but was... laugh a little bit. Like I love the 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 uh, trend that that Brian uh, Robinson set uh, with his his big hat. But uh, I just uh, it, it just. It's very funny to to see players talking really serious and tough in the postgame pressures, but to hear that on their head is a, a gigantic oversized hat. At one point in the fourth quarter, um, Jair's big head Packers, the cheese head Packers. Oh, what, what if it, like, if we think about it, the Packers are kind of the original big head because the cheese yeah. is like really big. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, so remember Sauce Gardner wearing the cheese head? Uh, and Sauce is an awesome player, like defensive sure. rookie of the year. But like, we have come so far from where the Packers were just absolutely buried. Okay, it so is hard. There, yeah. It, it is hard not to feel like the Packers are the better team here. I know the Vikings won the North. I know they'll host the playoff game, but this wasn't. The, so I, 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 I had, a, the, the, I had a question for you. And I, I, cause this is something that I was thinking about. I watched this presser. I watched a little bit of it. And I said, I wonder what RJ is thinking about this. What did you think of Aaron Rodgers sheepish press conference? Of, you counted us, <laughs> counted us out. I mean, I'm a big believer in, if you want, like, I'm not saying being arrogant is cool, mm-hmm. but if you walk the walk, you can say whatever you want. And right. like, and, and they have picked up a lot of help. So it's not like, you know, the Packers have just like, you know, done all of the work themselves, but like, dude, talk your talk. Like you, you did call it like it's, it's annoying. It is extremely annoying. Um, But, but, and he wasn't like Rogers wasn't a big factor in this game. Like the league, 24, the league ahead. loves a, a winning in for the Packers. I mean, this is a, a, NFL trademark reserve, all rights reserved textbook storyline for week 18 right. and, and we'll so, see how it plays out. Well, we don't know when this, the Packers game, we'll get to the lions in a moment, uh, but the Packers uh, host the lions on Sunday. Well, it will be on Sunday. We found out, we kind of, you know, moved past this, but the Saturday, what are they calling the Saturday season finale? Uh, is there, there's like an official term for this. The chiefs visit the Raiders. Is that correct? Pete? 
the Chiefs are visiting the Raiders in the right. early game Saturday um, afternoon. At, Chiefs at, Chiefs need to win to keep their number one seed aspirations alive. Yeah. They could clinch it if the Bills lose tonight. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Big Ten Bengals. There's actually so there's actually some some people upset in Kansas City about this. Uh, not that we have to go on a, a complete tangent, but if, we'll get to the Chiefs. Save if, it for when we talk about the Chiefs. Just a playoff scenario. If the Bills were to lose, if the Bills were to lose tonight, and then the Chiefs win on Saturday, you're kind of letting Buffalo rest rest players in a way. But it is what it is. Okay, yeah, we'll get to. <laughs> okay, uh, that's a good point. Um, so um, we'll we'll tie. We, we got to move. Like, there's a lot to get to. So we got to be quick here, quick and efficient. Uh, but Saturday night, some people thought would be the Lions-Packers game because uh, the three teams vying for the final wild card in the NFC are the Lions, the Packers, and the Seahawks. The Packers control their fate. If they win, they are in. If the Packers lose um, the and the Seahawks win, the Seahawks are in. The Lions have to win, but also need the Seahawks to lose. So a Seahawks loss eliminates the Lions from the equation. If the Seahawks win, though, and the Lions do win, then the Seahawks are in. So my point is, it looks like we might get this Packers-Lions game on Sunday night football, even though the Lions might be eliminated um, if Seattle wins earlier in the day before kickoff. But to your point, the NFL is like, Rodgers winning in, boom, let's do it. Yeah, and uh, and it's it's the Lions, too, um, who who would need to win. I, I, don't, I don't know how the NFL is going to work the schedule. I'm actually surprised that the whole schedule is now. Um, you're only getting the Saturday. I guess the teams that are playing on Saturday need to know that, so that's why we're seeing the Saturday game. Right, yeah, because they're like – their whole process jumps up a day. But uh, I did want to say we have a lot to get to. Like I said, uh, this is the like lot to get to episode. Aaron Jones, 14 carries, 111 yards. This is the time of year you talked about it. Who's playing the best, whatever. If you can run the football at this time of year and like big proverbial statement here, you have a chance. You know what I mean? Like if, if you can just win that way, you can dominate. It's like this. It's like, you know, as great as San Francisco looks, who wants to play the Packers in Wild Card Weekend, right? Like nobody does. As like great, they're, they're in everybody's head. I as totally great as Minnesota agree. has been all year, same thing. Like I just said, like who wants to play the Giants when they they look like they're playing well? Like, that's what makes the NFC so wide open to me. Well, I don't think anybody's scared of the Giants the way they're scared of the Packers. But let's get to the Niners. You look um, across flew, the field, and there he is, Danny Dimes, staring you down. The Niners flew very close to the sun on Sunday afternoon. 37 to 34, the final score in overtime. Robbie Gold missed the game-winning field goal in regulation, which sent it to the extra period. The Raiders got the ball. Oh, man, um, Jared Stidham, who played very well through just an awful interception. San Francisco returned it. Easy peasy, kicked the field goal, get to 12 and 4. As mentioned, the Niners now the two seed in the NFC. So if they don't get the one seed and Green Bay gets in, it would be Aaron Rodgers, not at Candlestick, but at San Francisco, which has been his house of horrors, generally speaking. They might be the one team who is not afraid of him because they have owned him. But the Niners could climb as high as the one seed if they beat the Cardinals next week. And obviously, if the Eagles lose, Christian McCaffrey went off 19 carries, 121 yards and a touchdown uh, chipped in six catches for 72 yards as well. This was the Brandon Ayuk game, though, Pete, uh, nine catches, 101 yards, one touchdown. It's crazy to remember that this team still does not have Debo Samuel. I mean, him coming back is going to change the equation all the more. Brock Purdy continues to get it done. 22 of 35, 284 yards, two touchdowns, did have a pick. But Brandon Ayuk was a huge, huge, huge development in the second half as they were climbing towards putting the, this game on ice. This is a repeat of 2019 for the for the 49ers when they went on the run. And, I, you know, they now they have the ultimate weapon in Christian McCaffrey who looks as good as he's looked in years and as healthy as he's looked in years. And I just think they're a, a team that 
uh, it w- should rightfully be upset if they don't end up making it to a Super Bowl, especially as the Eagles have sputtered a little bit in the final weeks. I, I just don't know in a in a you have to pick who's going to get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC scenario. You're not really heavily considering the, the 49ers if you're making that pick. I think on the Raiders side, you learned a little bit about how Derek Carr isn't the guy and how maybe this team just should have been throwing as many targets as possible every game like the Packers did to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Oh, that catch at the end was incredible. He's I still mean, that guy. And to me, Jared Stidham's performance, I did not expect this this week. I thought he'd be fine. But he looks like a guy that should at least get consideration next next year for a starting job. I, I think or, gonna, or like you need to have that backup, right? Like if you have like what the Eagles have going on right now, you know what I'm saying? You got to have that dude who can come in and pinch hit. And he looks like that guy. At least, at least a back, at least a career backup in the NFL. But I think there's upside there to seeing if he should be in a, a quarterback competition. I don't think he should enter the next year. Like if Derek Carr, they're going to move on from Derek Carr, it seems like. Jared Sidham should be in that mix. I think he should bring in a veteran to compete with him. But have an actual competition. I mean, Jared Stidham, when he was feeling himself, let's see how he does next week. I think he'll get another opportunity, but I, I think the Raiders might have something there. Uh, th- that's not going to be an easy out for the Chiefs. I don't want to get off that without continuing about the 49ers. 49ers defense is is, is championship caliber. They're going to get Debo Samuel back. Brock Purdy's good enough, just like Jimmy G was good enough in 2019. And they're they're a team that, that you feel like, I think right now you feel the most comfortable saying they're the most complete. The only thing is the quarterback, right? Can, can he be outdueled with an act? an actual starting quarterback that isn't Mr. Irrelevant in the NFL. I, I think that's where the the golden question is going to be for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, it's hard not to believe in them. They're like, just for context as somebody in the NFC, like they're the team I'm most afraid of. I, yeah. I'm most afraid of, of the 49ers. I would be too. Um, I mean, they just look, and again, like Debo list right now and look this way, that defense, I mean, ha- had a little bit of a rough go early on, but that that's going to happen, right? Like it is crazy to think that they were down. 24 to 14 like the Raiders and to your point like just to tie a bow on the Raiders maybe season I guess um because you know we won't care about them next week but like it is like last week was the like in the Derek Carr aftermath it was like oh man they're gonna get a second round pick Derek Carr's gonna like Derek Carr's gonna take the Jets to the playoffs next year I do like it's one game so I don't want to like overreact but it is a little bit of like huh okay like like, maybe Derek was a bigger part of the problem than we were all like willing to admit a little bit here. Um, I will say like a part of me allowed myself to kind of read all the pieces last week and be like, I wonder if they trade Devante. Like maybe they're, they're just want to like completely, totally reset. This, this seems like the the spot for Tom Brady. I know you would love that. Obviously in the AFC West, Tom Brady, Devante Adams, if they do like super team it up, Josh Jacobs comes back. Like that, that could be a lot of fun in 2023. I think he might be going to the Raiders. I mean, I really, really do. It makes sense. I, I don't, you know, cause I think he would ideally like to be in San Fran, but I think it's a little too muddled with Trey Lance. And, and you know, I, I, I think Tom's probably fearful that stats would go nuts and he doesn't want to see that on social media if they were to bring him in. And so, yeah, I think Vegas, I think Vegas feels right um, for, for Brady next year. And there, there will be again, Brady with, with Stidham from the, that New England connection. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Kansas City Chiefs 
flew close to the sun themselves. 27 to 24, the final score over the uh, resurgent Denver Broncos. Last week was the week that everybody kind of stood up for Russell Wilson uh, in the aftermath and Nathaniel Hackett getting fired. And Russell, this is his best game of the season, right? Like, and I'm not trying to be tongue in cheek or silly. Like, he was really good in this game. I mean, 10 to 6 was the lead for Denver. 17 to 13 was the lead for Denver. They got close at the end, and you kind of thought maybe they're going to pull this out one more time. Russ had an awesome rushing touchdown in this game that you kind of thought, like, why haven't they been doing this all along? Like, it was a weird, you know, kind of frustrating yet promising performance, I think, for Broncos fans. Um, but at the end of the day, this is all about Jarek McKinnon and how he is finally – I feel like Jarek McKinnon has been a thing for, like, 10 years at this point in time. And now, all of a sudden, Andy Reid has unlocked him. The Chiefs ste- – I wouldn't say steamroll, but they continue to move on. They are alive for the number one seed. They will play Saturday, as mentioned. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to know what to make of Denver right now. If, if Russell Wilson played the Chiefs every week, he would have had great numbers this year. Um, he didn't and didn't largely have good numbers. And you wonder how much juice is from the interim head coach. I think there is some juice that you get from the first game when you make a big change like that. And – the Broncos stayed in it and they actually had a lead. They had a 17 to 13 lead in the third quarter. And I, you know, I was turning to people, you know, while we were at the game there and I was just like, they, they, could win. they could really win this game, which would be insane. But uh, Mahomes didn't play. It's weird because Mahomes didn't play as good as he usually can. And he still throws for three twenty-eight and three touchdowns. It's, it was strange. And I, I noticed that he was off his mark. I got a little bit of heat from chiefs fans on Twitter, but immediately after the game, he is a saying, well, I, I missed a lot of deep shots today and I was off my mark essentially. And, I think, you know, the, the Chiefs are playing well enough. I just don't think they're playing well and complete enough to feel like, okay, they're going to certainly win this AFC tournament. And I also think another week when you lose Joe Tooney again in this game, the left guard, uh, all-pro left guard, um, to a, a re-injury of an ankle and you're still waiting on McCole Hardman back, they could really benefit from this bye week, just like any team. But I, I just think uh, the Chiefs could really, in my opinion, afford a complete reset Mahomes came up a few weeks ago with a thumb issue it hasn't really been talked about and it just hasn't looked exactly right he's still making these plays he's still throwing for 300 yards but he hasn't looked at as good as he did maybe earlier in the season so I I think the Chiefs will uh you know they they went a little bit far in the press and post-game press to say like we'll be watching the Bengals game I you know I think they're going to be on the edge of their seat tonight rooting for the Bengals they really desperately could use a week off for both the home field advantage the easy playoff win but also I just think getting healthy and giving themselves a little bit of a reset here um I will say so th- I, I'm in a, in a weird place with the Chiefs like I trust them more than ever like you know what I mean because like the the body of work is so vast at this point right like you kind of trust yeah. them no matter what the circumstances are however also more than ever, I kind of feel like they're they're just like a normal, very good team in the AFC, right? Like like in years past, and like I think that speaks more to the conference than it does like the Chiefs coming down. You know what I mean? Like in the past, it's felt like there's a sizable gap between the Chiefs and everybody else. I feel like that gap is smaller if it even exists at this point between I, them and say the Bills or the Bengals or maybe the Chargers. I'm, I, I'm I'm coming around just a little bit on the Chargers. Tom Pelissero had this stat last night. I don't know if you saw this, but for 33 years in a row. Four teams that haven't made the playoffs are going to make it this year again, and I just think the NFL's done. You're a saying really... you're saying the year before, yeah, that missed. So the playoffs. you're saying for, you're, I, you, you worded that very weirdly. So okay. you're saying 30, 33 years running, a team's going to be in the playoffs that wasn't in it the year prior. Four teams, at least four. Oh, at least four. Holy yeah. crap! Okay, 
Wow, so, that's nuts. So what I mean by that, and, and why why I bring it up in the in the scope of the the Chiefs and and really the NFL as a whole is the salary cap has done a really good job. The the way they do their draft picks, parody right? baby, parody parody parody, and I think. I truly think <laughs> the rest of the league is going to roll their eyes. I truly think the Chiefs saw this as a transition year. Not to say it's a rebuilding year, but I I think they accepted that they're going to be a little bit worse than they've been. And they traded Tyree Kill, got all these picks, got younger, didn't really spend a ton of money in, in free agency, wanted to maybe, I think, spend money next year's free agency, had the question with Orlando Brown Jr. They had money tied up. And I think they said to themselves, hey, with the way that the rest of the division is loading up, Let's just make the playoffs and see what happens. And what you're saying is what I sort of expected with that mentality to happen. It's like, they're good. You you trust them, but they're just not those chiefs of previous years. Doesn't mean they can't win the Super Bowl because I, I just think the league is so wide open, but well, I think that, you're that less point, confident like, in, than previous years. Well, and to that point, like sometimes even when you are that team, you don't win the Super Bowl. Right. 2018 Chiefs as an example, right? right? Like you you can be the like, and we talked about the Eagles. You can win everything in October and November and even not the Premier League. It's not the Premier right. League. It's a tournament, right? It's right. a tournament. And are you playing the best? Are you healthy? The four teams that Pete is talking about, at least four teams, the Chargers weren't in the playoffs a year ago. They are already in. The Ravens were not in the playoffs a year ago. They are already in. The Giants were not in the playoffs a year ago. They are already in. The Vikings were not in the playoffs a year ago. They are already in. We could still get the Seahawks or Lions. They were obviously not in the playoffs. Um, and depending on what happens on the AFC side of things, uh, the Dolphins, if they got in, or the Steelers, obviously, uh, would add to that total. But that is pretty wild. You can, you know, there's 14 teams uh, who make this tournament. So you're talking about just under a third of them is new on an annual basis for over three decades now. But um, okay, so we move on past the Chiefs. Uh, let's quickly, the Jaguars had nothing to play for. You touched on this. Uh, that didn't stop them from running all over the Houston Texans, 31 to three, the final score. Um, they, they did play. I mean, the Jaguars did and and the Titans, their week 18 opponent chose not to generally speaking. I mean, you pe people say this, by the way, like, and this is the case, no matter who you are, people like with the Giants, people are like, oh, they're going to, they're going to rest all their starters. You do not have 90 players on your roster. Like you, you cannot rest <laughs> all of your, your important, like, yeah, you can like the Titans on Thursday night rested Derek Henry. You can do things like that, but you have to play some dudes. It's, it's not what you think it is in your mind. Andy, uh, but so it, Andy Reid's strategy always is just to like rest the stars and right. guys who want to play can whatever you want it. I I tend to like this from Peterson, and but we only like it because Trevor Lawrence didn't get hurt, Travis Etienne didn't yeah. get hurt. <laughs> exactly. This, this could um, be really silly. The uh, so the Titans waved the white flag on Thursday night. They lost. Doesn't impact them. The Jaguars played to win, won thoroughly, and people can argue. And now they have momentum or whatever. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, seventeen of twenty-one, one hundred fifty-two yards, no scores. Did throw a pick. C.J. Beathard came in, so there was. Definitely a sense of like, okay, we're good. Let's get, you know what I mean? Let's yeah. get out of here. Travis Etienne, nine carries, a buck eight on the ground, did have the score. Jamichael Hasty had a score. Um, just a really good day for the Jaguars. Another whatever day for the Texans. They have lost every game at home this season. Houston Texans. The uh, JP Acosta uh, Jaguars. I I love it. I I think they're a spicy team. I think they're. This is you know you talk about your house money team. This is the Jags this year. And we'll see what they do in the playoffs. But they're a team like, you know, it's just no one is going to. It's like, you know what? The the Julian Edelman, no respect mentality of it. The Chiefs and Bills and Bengals are worried about each other. One of these teams is going to have to play the Jaguars. <laughs> you know, eventually, you know, if they were they were see, able like. I think you're you're putting the Jaguars in as that fourth team above the Chargers, and I think that's still a little bit too much love for the or, or not enough love for the. So Chargers. you you believe 
the Chargers would would go into Jacksonville and win that game. Yeah, I I would say so. Okay, I think they'd even be favored in that game. I think I know that the Jaguars beat the Chargers. Maybe a point favorite, maybe two point favorite, maybe a two point favorite. But I, I, you know, you're talking about a two point favorite. What is that? A coin flip? So I don't. I mean, yeah, I'll take the home team there. The Detroit Lions needed to win to keep their hopes alive. As mentioned, they have to beat the Packers in Week 18 and hope that the Rams beat the Seahawks, but they took care of business on Sunday afternoon at Ford Field against the Bears, 41-10. to The final score, Jared Goff was dealing again, 21-29, of 255 yards, three touchdowns. Jamal Williams, 22 carries, 144 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift chipped in for 78 yards on the ground and a score. He also caught one of Jared Goff's touchdowns. Justin Fields racked up 132 yards on the ground. Uh, This was kind of like a chalk game, right? Like the Lions offense was on fire at home, indoors. Justin Fields did Justin Fields things. The Lions blew out the Bears. Yeah. um, I know that that some people were getting on Justin Fields. Justin Fields needs help. So, I mean, enough of this, him not potentially being a franchise guy. I know there was a Chicago, I, I think I'd read it that one of the Chicago announcers or one of the announcers on the telecast were like, we'll see about Justin. Like, so we'll see what? Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. On the Lions side, because we're trying to roll through this quickly. I know we're talking about this game, but it's just hard not to think about that loss to the Panthers because I don't think they're going to get in. And, or the loss to the Seahawks. Like, yeah. that's that's the one really holding them back. I don't think they're going to get in. And this would have been a really fun playoff team to watch and i i just don't think it's in the cards for them once again um because it does feel like everyone's rooting for the lions um outside of i guess the packers um they need a win and a seahawks win there are some tie situations but like whatever i mean like you know they need a seahawks loss no i'm sorry you're right they need a a seahawks loss which will probably happen before they play and that that's the thing like i will be i kind of want the lions packers game on sunday night football but it will be such a bummer if the Lions are eliminated. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to watch that. Like, I, I don't want to watch them all sad. You know you what I mean? Lo- like, yeah, you would love to know they're going to have to play the Seahawks and this Lions Packers game at the same time, I'd imagine, because mm-hmm. th- that's what the NFL is doing with the scheduling. They're they're putting it in a way where the most possible teams have to play their players. That's- See, but like, I do think to your point, the Bills, you know, got a little bit of a sneaky edge. You they know what I mean? They, they did. It's okay. But so like to to Pete's point, I almost said to Chief's point, um, if the Chiefs lose for whatever reason on Saturday, the Bills, assuming the Bills win tonight, all of this, uh, the Bills clinch the one seed, right? Or if the Bills lose tonight and the Chiefs lose, the Bills know what position they're in. They need to win to get in. Right. I mean, so win, like, win for the top seed, essentially. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but like we all think that the NFL is going to put the Cowboys and Eagles games on simultaneously because what you don't want is say the Eagles play first, they win, then Dallas knows they can rest their starters. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, like, you should, the, the Chiefs and Bills should have played at the same time. Again, is my point. But. Well, that was my point. And there was a debate on, on, in radio this week. That was my point. And I had made this one. I was like, there, in my, coming from the Kansas City standpoint, I, I thought there was no way that the Bills and Chiefs wouldn't be playing at the same time. Right. But I, I think the NFL saw how the Raiders played and were really interesting this week. And I, I think that I think by making um, maybe they think the Bengals are going to win tonight, too. So you've got like I think, the Bills. I think there's a very real chance that, yes, I think that I think that there's a very real chance the Bengals win tonight. I think the NFL saw that and said, OK, if the Bengals are able to edge the Bills, this is going to be really your... exciting on Saturday for the Chiefs to clinch. But you're right. Like, um, but also but that, too... that, that has such a sorry, that has such a cascading effect, because if the Bills were to lose tonight on Monday Night Football, and then the Chiefs win on Saturday. Chiefs are the one seed. Bills are the two seed. 
I'm sorry. No, the Bengals can still be the two seed. Um, so the Bills so technically have the something Bills to play and, for. Yeah, the Bills. And if, if you play the Bills and the Bengals at the same time next week, mm-hmm. then they're still playing guys because you're going to want the two seed over the three seed. If you're the right, right, right. So there is. There are there is okay. stuff. There's a lot going on. We're, we're, we're way lost in the <laughs> week. We got to move on. Uh, the Bills next week, though, we, they still have to play tonight, but the Bills will play the New England Patriots. We need to win that game to get into the playoffs. A big reason why is because they beat the Miami Dolphins on Sunday afternoon. This did feel like the, you know, final, like, you know, like the car was sputtering, like, you know, like on, on the Mike McDaniel Dolphins this year. 23 to 21, the final score. It just was not going to happen with Teddy Bridgewater. And obviously he left the game with injury. Skylar Thompson comes in. Just kind of a ho-hum day for Miami offensively. Um, they have to win. They can still get into the playoffs next week. They have to beat the Jets and, and pick up some help. But it doesn't look like two is going to be back for that game. It just, again, it, it feels like they, they just were a little bit too early with all of this. And, and it just wasn't enough this year for Miami. Well, I lost five games in a row. I mean, this has been the most disappointing team of the second half. Uh, you know, you didn't really have to go five and zero to make the playoffs you just had to win half your games essentially i think the two is stuff has, has been a distraction and and it's been a necessary distraction all year because it's led to some key changes i think in the concussion protocol that should have existed way before all but this a distraction stuff and that the dolphins have had to deal with it more yeah. than anybody obviously. yeah yeah and and i just think that you know this is a, a tall tall set of circumstances for and and look it you know i think if you're a Miami fan and you bring in McDaniel and it's been so bad for so long, it's one of these classic cases where at the beginning of the season, if you could say, and we're going to be nine and eight or eight, and nine, you're probably really excited. It's just the way it played out. has been horrible, horrible for Miami and new England has a scenario here. Bill Belichick. Look, it's not like they're at the top of the conference anymore, but when, and they're in and he just so, keeps on doing just- it. Just to be clear, we buried not just Aaron Rodgers, not just Tom Brady, but Bill Belichick. We all danced on all these graves, and yes. it looks like they could all be – well, not it looks like, but it, Brady's in. The uh, the Packers and Patriots just have to really control their own destiny. You know? right. <laughs> they have they have earned at least de facto playoff games. Well, you can't assume uh, the Patriots are going to beat the Bills, but I just think it's impressive that that's the thing, like, they're in this so spot. They're, so the Patriots are rooting for a Bills win tonight on yeah. Monday Night Football and then a, a, a Chiefs loss because that would lead the Bills to chill out next Sunday and right. allow the Patriots assuming, to Yeah, you're assuming a lot. I mean, you just never know, but yes, that you would assume. Right. Oh, the, the moment I said the Chiefs because there's, oh, you're assuming, you're assuming. You never know, RJ, what happens when you assume? Anyway. Um, I'm saying, what, I'm, what I'm saying assuming is to like what the Bills do if they have it locked up because we just don't, you just don't know completely. Like, I don't know what McDermott will, will do. We have four more games to get to. We're doing okay on time, but let's kind of keep the, the giddy up moving. The Washington Commanders are Oh my goodness. Major down Major bad. Tutty. Yep. Like yep. down so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh Major Tutty is the name of their mascot, not the name that Pete has assigned to their performance um, ma- on they, Sunday afternoon. They're major Tutty on Sunday. Yeah. Um so I think so his name is Major Tutty. I think Major is like his rank, if I understand <laughs> like his uh his uh military rank. Yeah. Um, the, the commanders unveiled their new mascot on Sunday afternoon. It did not go well. 24 to 10, the final score, they fall to the Browns. Nick Chubb had over hundred yards on the ground. This was, um, the best performance from a football perspective of Deshaun Watson's, uh, Cleveland tenure, only nine of 18, uh, but did, you know, of those nine completions, three of them were touchdowns. Uh, Amari Cooper caught two of them, had three catches for 105 yards and the two scores, but Ron Rivera, this was like an all time bad day for Ron Rivera. Um, so to, to set the stage, the commanders were in a position where they could win their way into the playoffs entering this week. They lost on Sunday afternoon and they lost because Carson Wentz played horribly. Ron Rivera made the decision 
over the week last week to go with Carson Wentz over Taylor Heineke. Um, literally nobody in the universe thought that this was a good idea. Yet no. somehow, some way, Ron Rivera did. Predictably, Carson Wentz was terrible for the commanders. They lost. And then, um, it, so the, the commanders were part of the noon window for anyone who missed this. And at the time of their loss, they were not eliminated from playoff contention. But a Packers win, which would obviously you know come to pass, uh, would in fact eliminate them. Ron Rivera, I don't know if you saw this, Pete, because I know you were busy with the Chiefs playing at noon. Uh, Ron Rivera was asked in his postgame press conference if they were eliminated on Sunday afternoon, would he turn to rookie Sam Howell next week, right? Like kind of get a, a head start, a look at the rookie, yeah. whatever for the future. And he said, we can be eliminated, like kind of in a <laughs> in an asking sort of way. And a lot of people took off with this, like Ron Rivera didn't know they could be eliminated. And I will give Ron Rivera the benefit of the doubt, or I did at least, in saying like, it kind of seemed sarcastic. You know what I mean? It kind of seemed like, like dry humor, like just being tense in the moment because it was really uncomfortable. Uh, but shout out to Doug Farrar at USA Today uh, wrote about this on Monday morning. Based on what Rivera said later in, in the con- in the press conference, he clearly did not know yeah. <laughs> that the commanders could be eliminated well, on Sunday afternoon, yeah. which they ultimately were. I did see this. And the whole football mentality is always you're, you're not even dreaming that you're going to lose. Right. Um, that was just to, so everyone knows that was his um, his defense was that he was only focused on what would happen if they won, didn't consider any possibility of losing. But what you have is uh, a, a key decision here. And and look, it's not a given that they win this game with Heineke, but it's a given that no. it's it's a it's a closer matchup. I, I mean, I think everyone in the world knows that. And I think a lot of people have respect around Vera. He's been doing this a long time. But he looked very, very foolish. You almost could zoom in and hear the curb your enthusiasm bomb 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 boop, 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 where it it's it made for an embarrassing post-game presser and this comes 16 after, of 28 for 143 yards three touchdowns earlier, sorry, three interceptions and and earlier in the year rivera was remember he had that press conference where he was essentially cursing and, and saying i was the effing guy who picked carson wentz and it's like well, this is a fitting end to, to that that decision making because it clearly was was wrong. Um, and I and I think this is a good lesson, I think, for the rest of the league, too. It's just like at a certain point, eat your losses, man. Eat your Some losses. You policy. Yeah, you, you don't you don't need to just play a, a clearly inferior quarterback. Not to say that Heineke is a world beater, but just so clearly he gives you a better chance to win. And I, I think the players in that locker room know that. And you were beat by a Browns team has been really pretty bad. And Deshaun Watson has been pretty, pretty bad. And he was able to drop three touchdowns on you. Um, and so Washington is out and it, it ruins the chances for the NFC East uh, to get four teams in. And and really, it was right in front of them and and they blew it. I um, I had come around a little bit on Ron Rivera. I, I thought a week ago or two weeks ago, they should keep him around. I thought this was kind of an impressive season. But yeah, the like the going down with the, the wind ship is like all time purposeful ignorance like i i just i don't know but like it's everything that, that you not? but it, it rj it's everything that you hate about indianapolis and that whole situation of course. but even worse because it, it's like you had that information and you still went with that and that's the thing man like okay cool you traded for wentz nobody cares like if you make the playoffs nobody's going to be like well you know but we traded our, our picks for wentz who cares like you know yeah. it's just man like what a bad scene um the seahawks uh took care of business themselves 23 to 6 the final score against the mike white jets robert Sala told us to keep the receipts 
Pete Sweeney and the New York Jets are out of the playoffs with one week to go in the regular season. Just a waste of a, an elite defense, similar to the Denver Broncos, also in the AFC uh, on the Jets side. They got to they got to get a quarterback. Um, they're going to be with a veteran quarterback next year. I, I think Zach Wilson will be developing behind the scenes and, you know, they'll see about him, but they they need Zach that. Wilson's going to be a commander, by the way, like you can just tell. Could be. I don't know. There, but you talk about the the veteran quarterback carousel. The Jets feel like a, a destination there, and, and that's it for their season. Um, I, I think good to see some progress though on that side. I, I think Robert Sala really needed that this type of year. Didn't lead to the playoffs, but I think he keeps his gig. Whereas I, I think going into the year, you had to see something. So I mean, they they were clearly limited, but again, to like not score a touchdown when your yeah. season's on the line is just kind of a bad look. The Seahawks are alive. Um, you know, they had dropped what was, let's see, five games in, in the last six entering this game. They needed it to to stay alive, and, and they'll see. They need some help uh, to get in the postseason, but uh, really impressive on that side, too, I think, just of of what they've been able to do with Geno Smith and and doubling down on, on Geno and trading away Russ, which looks like the greatest move in NFL history. Uh, and Ken Walker's a beast. How many times do we have to say it? Ken Walker, he's, he's a beast. I think he, he's going to be right there um, with Wilson on the other side for uh, offensive rookie of the year. And maybe this performance helps because Walker put up the production where it's Wilson did not. The Los Angeles Chargers clinched their playoff berth a week ago today on Monday Night Football, uh, but they can still Im, you know, lock up, I should say, not improve, but lock up their position as the five seed in the AFC. Obviously, they still have to keep going. Uh, but the Chargers, 31-10 to victory over the little brother Rams. The battle for L.A. went to the Chargers. Justin Herbert, an efficient 21 of 28, 212 yards, two touchdowns. Austin Eckler, 10 carries, 122 yards, two touchdowns on the ground so big time day for his fantasy supporters cam Akers over 100 yards remember when the rams like didn't want that dude remember when they were like he's played his last down yeah like that was that was this season you know what i mean like it, that's been such a weird story uh the rams now have 11 losses on the season they're 5 and 11 it is the most losses that a reigning super bowl champion has ever had uh which proves that their super bowl win was a little bit more cinderella than most you know i i think sometimes you turn to tom brady and you, you turn to Aaron Donald and, and you say to these guys, your your picture perfect exit was right there. <laughs> you'd beaten you'd beaten the new toy and Patrick yeah. Mahomes walk away. You won your Super Bowl finally. You were at home. To, you both did it at home. Right. Yeah. You felt healthy. <laughs> you were convinced to come back for this. And it has just been so disappointing. And the trade, trade, trade them effing picks or whatever they say was really cool when you're hoisting Lombardi. It's not so cool when you're staring down 10 years of mediocrity, which I, I just don't know how the Rams turned it around. On the L.A. side, I think the Chargers are a great story. I think they're a scary team because you, you think about Joey Bosa, you know, returning to this team and, and what he means for that that defense. And, and he is one of those players like you saw on T.J. Watt on if you're watching Sunday Night Football where. It, it, it's just a game wrecker possibility. And this offense is finally looking, I, I think, a little bit more consistent. Justin Herbert had 212 and two touchdowns here. Eckler, always a beast uh, in both the, the rushing game and, and the receiving game. And you know, they're, they're a team that, yeah, I mean, they're going to be a fifth seed. They're, they're not going to beat the Chiefs for the, the AFC West that's over with. But they're, uh, they're a spicy team, as you mentioned, RJ. And like that Jaguars-Chargers game, that, this is what we're talking about when you're talking about That's wild the likely card. wild card matchup, just to be clear. Yeah, right. this this... I mean, that's going to be a fun game, a fun, fun game. And that's why I don't think so. I think it's going to be a route. I think I it's think going to be Chargers 37 to nine. You are. Yeah, you're a big Staley guy. Um, 
what I what I would say is this is why we call wild card and divisional weekend just the best weekends of the year. And I, you know, I know that we got to get through a week 18. I got my Saturday Saturday game that I got to cover, but I'm just very, very excited for these these next two weekends, not to jump ahead. The Chargers have the makings and everybody's saying this like this isn't unique, but like to your point, everybody's like, oh, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, those are the top three in the AFC. The Chargers have the makings of the team that are going to be like, oops, you know, <laughs> like, oops, we can't, like the Bengals I mean, a year get, ago. Like, they got to get know, by Mount Jacksonville first. You know, you, you oh are, you're looking past the, the Jags here. Final game um, to get to, uh, sorry, Rachel, the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, won on Sunday Night Football <laughs> on the road against the Baltimore Ravens, 16 to 13, the final score. Kenny Pickett had an incredible drive at the end of this game. Um, to hit Najee Harris for the game-winning touchdown. I mean, just like it was the most like Steelers-y thing of all time. I mean, they it was just it was it was again. I'm sorry, Rachel, but like it, uh, any person who had nothing in, involved here, like enjoyed this. Like it was really cool to just kind of see the Steelers-ness take over. Um, Mike Tomlin's Steelers are 500, um, and with a win next week, they could get not only above 500 but enter the playoffs i mean they need a lot of help they need more help than anybody else uh that's in in the playoff mix on either side of things uh it's definitely possible like like here they are watch out of course here are the steelers they don't go anywhere ever yeah you never know and and uh this was a a a nice performance from kenny pickett i was able to watch this game because i was done with with the early afternoon chiefs coverage and and it was one of these 1960s 70s football games where it was a lot of rushing both quarterbacks threw for under 170 um Kenny Pickett at the end of this game and and this is a a credit to a rookie that that I I think is is just continuing to push through he really didn't have a nice night he was uncomfortable all all night I thought both defenses had good plans and then there he was again for what was seemingly the second week in a row where he just is like well we got one more shot at this and just a and Collinsworth mentioned a Patrick Mahomes-esque pass to Najee Harris to to go ahead, and then the defense was able to shut it down. T.J. Watt is, like I was saying about Joey Bosa, is it's just a, a game-changing type of player. So if they are able to sneak in the playoffs, I I think it does make them a little spicy. I I think it would be a one and done. Uh, but again, and I, I think the story of this game is on the on the Baltimore side. You know, you need Lamar Jackson. And Tyler Huntley's fine. Uh, their only way that they're going to do damage is by having Lamar Jackson healthy. So we got to watch that. And then on the Steelers side, it's all about Mike Tomlin. Uh, even the greatest coaches have to go through these transition years, these rebuilding years where they go all for, you know, you know, they're five and 11, you know, you're seeing McVay. We just talked about five and 11 right now. Um, See, that doesn't happen to Tomlin. That doesn't happen to Mike different. Tomlin. No, like, matter what the, no matter what the circumstances, he finds a way to motivate his players to above 500 and, I, I'm rooting for him in, in that sense of, of being able to get there in week 18. We'll see if he's able to do it. Who do the Steelers have? I don't even have it. They up. have the Browns. The Bra- yeah, so it's very possible. I mean, that Browns team so stinks. On on the subject, by the way, of potential week 18 Sunday night football games, um, if the Bengals lose tonight on no, Monday night football. Not, I mean, that's not going to happen. We know that. I know. But if, if they do, then their game against the Ravens is for the AFC North. Not exactly like a ton of juice because they're both in. Um, but you know, like that could be, that's one option for So the NFL might be waiting until tonight, obviously to I decide think who they're going to put in. I was told yesterday by people at, at Arrowhead that all the announcements of when the games were, were coming on Tuesday. And then I think the NFL realized, well, we got to tell the Saturday teams. And so I think that's, like I said, I think that's why the Saturday came out. And I, I think you get the rest of the games, um, um, 
tonight slash tomorrow morning. Yes. Mm. Uh, well, um, fun game. Fun game for the Steelers. By the way, I was thinking about this. Um, I need to look into this. If the Steelers do make the playoffs, and again, they need a lot of help, um, we would have the first and last quarterbacks, obviously, shout out to Brock Purdy, in the playoff field that were drafted. First and last quarterbacks drafted. And I don't know that's ever, that that's ever happened. Like, we've definitely had, like, later round rookies make it. You know what I mean? But have we ever had literally the first quarterback taken in the draft, Kenny Pickett, and the last quarterback taken, Brock Purdy, as Mr. Irrelevant? I don't know that that's ever happened. That's the one thing I, I can tell you is that Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Pete. Uh, let's welcome in the fantastic, the perfect in every conceivable way, Rachelle. Rachelle, first of all, Happy New Year to you and yours. Second of all, I loved your Instagram post about your new Jordans that you got for Christmas. It was great. Uh, so great photography skills on your part. First of all, uh, your thoughts on Week 17. Second of all, how down are Eagles fans? Third of all, of course, MFWWP. My takeaways, Patriot safety, Kyle Duggar, he's been awesome. Uh, he now has three defensive touchdowns this season, which to me is insane. So that was like a huge takeaway. Um, so he definitely was impressive yesterday. Um, you guys didn't touch on Brandon Graham, who despite the Eagles loss, he you know made a huge record. Now he has double digit sacks with 11 for the first time in his uh, NFL career. So that was like a another BLG associated with Philadelphia. Another BLG. Yeah. And so that was a big accomplishment for the Eagles, even though they lost. They're now in the first team in NFL history with four players to have 10 plus sacks. So that was a big deal. And um, you guys already touched on the Raiders uh, backup quarterback, Jarrett Stidham, who just was a beast. Um, so those are my biggest takeaways from the game. I mean, from Sunday's action. And today I'm going to give him the first MFW Ooh. of the year. This is a big deal. I'm going to give it to RJ today. Let's go <laughs> undefeated in 2023. Yes. Wow. What a time to be me, Pete. What a time. Wow. <laughs> uh, Rachel, who wins tonight? Bengals or Bills? This is good. Um, this is the only game this week yeah. uh, where both teams had a record above 500. I think I'm going to put my money on the Bengals. I'm with you, too. I'm taking the Bengals. Yeah. Pedro? I, th I are think. You it's sad? The... Are you sad, first of all, that I won <laughs> and you lost? I think it's the Bengals at home. I, I think it is. Trying to take any bias out of it i do really want a, a bye week but i just this is another example with the spread of the bills being favored in cincinnati of the Bengals continuing to be disrespected and i don't think it's deserved and i, I think the, the bills have not played as well as they have earlier in the year and this is i think it's a great game but i think it's a loss mm. um pete give us a um give us the sound of your nespresso excuse me your nespresso machine that you bought uh, I saw this on your Instagram story. Make that sound for us as we leave here uh, and head into week 18.